Welcome to the IT Collab, the podcast where the realms of community and collaboration intersect to revolutionize the delivery of IT managed services. I'm your host, Brandon Barnes. Whether you are an experienced IT professional seeking to expand your skill set or a visionary business leader in search of innovative solutions, we have you covered. Our experienced guests, comprising of industry veterans and thought leaders, will offer invaluable perspectives and insights to guide you through the dynamic landscape of IT. So, let us embark on this thrilling journey together. Let's go! Welcome to the IT Collab. Uh, once again, my name is Brandon Barnes, and today I have with me Tim Hagen. Uh, Tim has been in the IT industry for over 30 years with his experience um, in the technology realm, with 20 of those years leading IT organizations, including startups. Uh, he has a career as an electronics uh, technician, designing and supporting automation technology in manufacturing. Uh, he's joining us today. He's going to show us some stuff and his expertise. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Tim? Sure. Thanks, Brandon. Really appreciate uh, you having me on. Mm -hmm. First one of these I've ever done. So, uh, again, thank you for that. Yeah, I grew up um, basically in, in the time of PCs of when they were first introduced and you actually had one on your desk. <laughs> and that's hard to fathom for some individuals in the fact that we have iPhones and whatever smartphones, whatever you want to uh, label those as. But you know, working up through where networking was really not even thought of. It was something more of, oh, yeah, we have a mainframe, we have mid-range, we have those types of systems. So I was able to learn from the ground up at that point in time, and I really took advantage of understanding CPUs, the architectures, how all of those things worked, and then just built and grew on foundation throughout my career. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. I I think, just so you know, and I know we talked a little bit before this, but I really want you to know the purpose of the podcast is I hope that we can break it down pretty easy for people. So if we talk about security or if we talk about computers, I'm hoping business users start to get the hold of this podcast and maybe business owners so they can start to understand uh, from a perspective, not as an IT person. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm pretty sure you've been in the room where you're talking to an executive and they're like, what? Yes. Just like they're t probably talking way over our head on whatever they're great at. You know, if you have someone talking accounting and that, to, you know, what I, I, it's none of my, it's not my expertise, but I'm trying to help bridge the gap and, and anything. I like to have a range of people in here, whether expertises are new or old or none, not nil, non-existent to um, anything. So, I'm glad to have you here and hope we can kind of break some, some awesomeness down here. So what, Tim, tell me a little bit more about your motivations and aspirations in um, the IT field right now. Uh, for me personally, it's always been um, a goal of mine to have IT be not the cost of doing business. I want IT, I always want IT to be a strategic partner with the organization. Because you have you have cost centers in organizations, right? Yeah. And if you look at IT as the cost of doing business, 
sometimes you can overlook what IT can bring to the table and that collaboration that can happen with the different departments throughout. And so I strive, and that's always been a personal thing of mine, to make sure that IT is there to help. Mm-hmm. It's not there to you know, be a bucket of dumping cash. <laughs> it's not an overhead. <laughs> exactly. And so throughout my career, I have always and always strived to become a strategic partner with the rest of the organization. I think that's a, a great lead in. I find myself constantly running into smaller businesses that have always looked at IT as a, an expense, an overhead cost, and never thought of it as an asset. Correct. And I think that's what sucks, right? Is I think you and I were talking earlier about uh, what with the rest of the team about BI. And I, I love the example. I, I haven't really thought about it before of how can restaurants use analytics to help them out, right? And so easily, we talked about how, uh, from my learnings and people I know, is that they actually use analytics of who, how many people show up to a restaurant over the years, and they'll use the analytics to staff correctly. So they're not wasting money staffing, having food prepped, having other things done. So it's deeper than just staffing, right? It's, it's do I have, how many, how many dishwashers do I have in the back? How many cooks do I have? How much food do I have prepped? And it saves them a lot of, in cost if they're actually using it to their advantage. Absolutely. In the data, right? Yeah. Um, hopefully you can give me an experience because this is about you today. Sure. I can give you one example of how IT can be used as an asset. And one of them was uh, working with an organization down in Texas. And I went down there and I watched this lady show up to her desk, turned on her computer, went and got coffee, went to the bathroom, came back, and it was still loading. <laughs> right? So it was like it was like 20 minutes. Then she goes, talks to some other people around the office, flying around, kind of doing her thing. And she sits down and I, I look at the IT manager and I go, hey, why don't you guys just get new computers? And he's like, well, that's hard, man. I'm going to have to get my CIO or you know whoever else to approve the funding for this. And they just won't do it. I go, here's the deal. Why don't you break down her pay? Like she gets paid what? 16 bucks an hour, 20 bucks, whatever, whatever the case may be at that point. I said, break that down for how many, half an hour she's wasted each day, plus other latency she's probably faced during the day. And so say an hour of latency in the day, that hour times X amount, and then he can prove right then and there between all the employees, how fast and how much money they'd save. And he got approval within one month. He had other machines shipped out. Yes. Absolutely. Do you have an example like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was in manufacturing, one of the things that you have to do, you have various customers, right? And so you have to do job costing. Uh-huh. So at at the end of that job run for customer X whatever, you need to be able to sit down and go, okay, we used this amount. This is in a printing company at the time. We used this ink. We used this amount of paper. We used bam, 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 all the way, right? Uh-huh. So then you could truly do what the job cost was because how are you going to know revenue? How are you going to know profits if you don't know what it's going to cost you to do that? Right. So in observing this, what very similar to what you uh, you just described, Brandon, is the fact that I was watching these individuals do this and they would print the report, go take, get it off the printer, bring it back, eat that data into an Excel spreadsheet. Right. Manually. 
manually. Okay. Right? Yeah. Go ahead and continually do that. Get the printout, the timesheets of the individuals that were working on the job. Yep. Type it out. <laughs> right? Go back. So you were looking at, at that point in time, it was two to three days per job to cost that job. And so I approached the controller of the division I was working at at the time. And I approached them and I said, we can automate this for you. And we can save you... X amount of time. X amount of time, right? In, in this case, I really didn't know what it was going to be in true savings, time-wise. But it was all custom software. But that was back in the time when, you know, you basically, that's what you had to do because there wasn't anything there. Mm-hmm. So we were... There was one other person, and I said, here's what we're going to do. I was the IT manager at the time. I said, okay, so we're working on this. and going, okay, let's go over this, this, this. We started pulling data in. We pulled it into a SQL Server database just so we can store it, hit that data. We took those two and a half, three days, roughly, to a job costing them a day anymore. Right. But as a business owner, saying SQL... And saying other things, they're like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, they know it's there. They know it's there. But how do you get it there? Well, and, it, and again, it's to me, it's, you know, when I was selling the project, it was basically on the on the, on the the aspect of, you know, I can say SQL to you, but, you know, individuals out there, there might be some that hear it, might not understand it. But basically, it's storing the data, right? And once you store that data, no matter where you're storing it, but electronically story, then you can work with that data, right? And so, yeah, it, it cut it down to where they could do job costing in less than that. It was amazing. I was like, oh, this is so cool. That's, I think that's like a question I, I like to ask new customers is what, you know, if, if you could save an hour or two, what would that actually cost you? What would actually benefit you? Right. I, I think I, I was at a, a, a potential customer the other day and you know, it's, it's a new client I really like. I think they're great. they're going to be great. And someone literally came in and said, oh, well, so-and-so went home because our system has been down for two weeks. <laughs> this specific system. And it's like, how much money and time does it actually cost you? Exactly. Right? And I know they're frustrated because they just don't know how to fix it. Yeah. And it's getting the right, you know, butts and seats there at some point. All right. So if, if you could, is there any type of challenges you faced in the IT realm that um, might be something you could share to us? Absolutely. And this even ties back to the project I just described. One of the things that IT gets looked at sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes we get looked at like, oh, you're the ender of my job. You're going to take my job away from me. (laughs) And what I've dealt with throughout my career when you're doing requirements gathering, you know, finding out, okay, what is it you're doing and how can we help you is, you know, I'm putting my arms around really tight around my chest saying, I'm not going to release any of that information to you because that is what I do. Mm-hmm. And if I let that piece go, then we're not going to be needed anymore. Would you, would you say you found that in the same type? So I, I have to say this, I've ran into that with specific IT people. Oh, absolutely. Right. Oh, it's not. It's not a. Where, where, yeah, it's it's. It's not IT. If I if I let anyone know what I do every day, then they're gonna figure it out and they're gonna take my job away, and that's that's a shame. 
Yeah, well, it's a total shame because, you know, one of the keys of being, I think, a good leader is the fact that... Teaching others. Yes, yeah. exactly. Love it. You know, because I, I use the analogy of, and then somebody told me this years ago, and I've always held on to it. If you've done your job correctly, it's just like pulling your hand out of a bucket of water. It fills right in, and they don't even know you missed. Nick? It's, there's always something. <laughs> oh. Or if it makes your job even better, you can do even more. That's how I look at it, right. right? Because individuals, they have other skills than what they're just doing. Right. But and then they might be able to build on that skill. So getting back to your question, Brandon, it really comes down to, to me, there, there is that fear that, okay, I'm, I'm going to be, the technology is going to eliminate my position saying, no, there's other things that need to get done. Or you have other passions you can fulfill. Fulfilling, exactly. Yes. So that's always been, always, always, always been a challenge. so much. And I think in some aspects you can look at it and say it's been detrimental to the organization, but it is what it is. Human beings and we insecurity, fear factors sometimes. And so I've seen challenge. I agree with you. I, I 100% agree on that one. So... This is going to be a left field curveball here, okay? I have this, this kind of came to mind here as I'm talking to you. So I have to ask your opinion. I was listening to another podcast or it was a, a blog I was reading. I can't remember. It was a while back. So a programmer worked for a company who worked remote. And what he would do is he actually would put in data. Right? He would put in data from point A to point B, so one system to another. But then over time, he learned how to automate. He learned how to program it. And he basically even programmed it to make a couple errors <laughs> to look and match what he did. And this is a true story. It was literally, like a, it was almost like a moral debate, right? So he would click the button, run it, and do his job in half an hour each day and take the rest of the day and do what he wanted to. Is that morally wrong? And what would you do with that? Well, the first question you ask is, is this insulting? Full-time job. See, to me, if it's a full-time job, morally, I would have an issue with it. Yeah. And, and to me personally, it's just simply because... You're there and being paid to be productive to help the organization grow. And if all you're doing is, I mean, obviously the individual is smart enough. Yeah. Truly understood. Right. Yeah. What needed to happen, right? Well, and learn to have the script, right? But to be able to take that mm -hmm. and be more productive for the organization, that's what I would do. But that's, that's me. But then on the flip side, you know, if there wasn't, any oversight, any understanding on the leadership side that he was reporting to, that individual he's reporting to, that leads a that leaves a gap, right? So I see both sides, but to me, I know. I'm I'm morally I, I I I couldn't do it. I had, I think I have to look at it from two perspectives. If I was if I was a contractor and I, I created something for him, I try to try and sell it to him. Exactly. Right. Well, but but then question. Right. But then if you're talking, if you are an employee as a business owner, I'd probably be furious. Right. Because you, you you know, granted, this job's getting done, but I'm paying someone full time to work a half an hour a day, and it was created on their time. Therefore, it's technically 
Totally. Yep. Everything it, it's, is that? it's their IP, right? It's their intellectual property at that point. So there's some really legalities in there. And so you'd see this whole slew of people responding and just say, that it's, a, I, it's intriguing to see what people say. I can see it from both sides, but that, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> and again, I think that's, that comes as part of the dilemma with remote work. It, it is. I think remote work, to me, especially with IT people, is you really can. I mean, like you can get completely sidetracked. It's, it's just really trying to focus people. And if things are getting done, I, I really focus on are things getting done. Yes. Exactly. And that's where metrics really come into play. Yes. Can I track what my employees do? Um, having the right systems in place. Yeah, you can automate a lot of stuff. I mean, for instance, going back to automation and taking jobs and doing all the things you're talking about. You know, back in the olden days, I'd say 20, pre-2010, early 2010s, um, we'd have to manually check a lot of stuff, right? Are the servers up to date? Are they running out of space? You know, are things happening? Um, are backups running? Are, you know, there's a lot of things we have to manually check. And so nowadays there's so many tools to let you not only make sure it's standardized and make sure that everything is done or it's it's going to alert you, it's such so, so much such a more efficient process. Oh yeah, right. Like I, I mean, letting even to the dumb things that that people really don't think about. Like you said, in the background. Like you previously we talked, and you said in the background they don't know what we do in the shadows, and it's hundred percent true. Right. It's it's just the nuances we've learned over time. Did, did you know your SSL certs are going out on your website because you have to have those in place? Did you know your your warranty your warranty your support contract for your firewall is going to expire? Do you know that you know and. There's a lot of different things, and you can put those expiration dates into our tools now, and they just they warn us. And so it's just having the right tools in place to help efficiently do that. And I'd much rather help people do other things than manually check things. Couldn't At all. Not agree more. <laughs> right? Absolutely. So it's I guess that's just the way you look at it. Um, all right. So next on, do you have any advice for aspiring IT people? That you've learned sure uh for me i believe more than or, or business owners sorry or business business people business people um let, let's start with it yeah and, and i think entering into the it career i've the the individuals that i've managed over the years one of the things that i always work with them to make them better is to truly try to understand from the ground level up how it works. Don't make an assumption. Yeah. Don't think it's like, oh, I just bought the iPhone. I don't really need to know how it works inside. Okay, to a certain extent, that is true. But if you want to be a very cognitive person, somebody that truly understands, and where this leads to is troubleshooting. Because in the end, at some point in time, you always need to troubleshoot something somewhere, somehow. How do you troubleshoot? For me, I troubleshoot at, I take it at from the beginning to the end through experience. I take a look and I, some of the, sometimes it's very simple, right? Yeah. Do I have power? <laughs> yeah. Check the cables. Check the cables. <laughs> that was, you know, that's the first thing, learning that they teach you in school for A+. plus. Check the cables. Check the cables. <laughs> yeah. But the, the whole process you know, when I worked in a production environment as an ET and supporting production equipment 24-7, which was, this is production equipment, 
you learned, let's say that you had a 10-step troubleshooting process. If you're good, you go one, two, ten. Yeah. And you're done. And then production is running again and you're making money. Right. But I think for individuals to learn, they need to understand the pieces that, as far as how the enterprise technology-wise is set up, to really understand how this all works. I'm not saying every bit, every piece that goes down to the, the minutia, right? <laughs> but truly understand the flow and what it takes to get from A to Z so you understand and can troubleshoot that. Now, on, on the business side, one of the things that I've always done with the non-technical people, let's put it that way, is, is the understanding is that, number one, IT is here to help. But there's always been this apprehension to say, if you don't share what it is you need, then IT can't help. It's a translation. It absolutely is a translation, yeah. right? And, and you have to be able to perform on both sides of that fence uh -huh. in order to be good as a manager and a leader in IT. You need to be able to sit at the table and go, you know, if you're sitting with a controller or, or CFO or COO or whoever you're sitting with, CEO, it doesn't matter. You need to be able to take what they're telling you and their problems, which usually are very condensed, very quick, and then take them on the other side of the fence and go, okay, here's what we need to do, yeah. right? So that's how I have always approached it. I just think that I'm not saying it's right. I, it's worked for me. I think a lot of it depends on the personality of the individual that you're talking to as well as your technical staff. So the other thing that I do, particularly in talking with business people, is I usually give it a day. I'll write my notes, do my synopsis of what I think they want. Right. Then I'll go back. Okay. Okay. So here's what we talk about. So is this right? I, I'm a big diagrammer. You know, I, I love the diagram environments. Mm -hmm. I like to diagram what they want. So that's a, that's a big one for me. Yeah. Right. In, it, it, but it's, it's, it's sometimes it's kind of hard to find an IT person that can do it. It really is. So that one's been interesting. So the, the ability to translate IT to an individual is kind of a skill at times to be able to, but, but the more you can get, uh, if you can find good individuals that can really speak both languages, um, it's very helpful. Well, it is very helpful and it, it, um, it eliminates that us and them type thing. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's a tough one, right? Because the last thing I, I never, I always hated hearing this. I don't know what it is those guys do. I'm just glad they do. <laughs> turn it off and turn it back on again. Right. But then they get it. You know, it's funny. Is that it's so cliche to say that. But the truth is, it's the master reset. Do it. Just do it first. Fine. Like, I'm sure there's an issue somewhere, but just, yeah. So, okay. So, what about maybe some advice to business users, people, CEOs, see executives? I would say to them, I think one of the biggest things is, is that speak up if something is being said that you don't understand. I think that there are, there are so many terms that get thrown out there. And we as IT people, we try to the best we possibly can not to do that. Right. Just like earlier when I said SQL. Yeah. Right? Right. So it, those things come out because that is, that is how we talk. That's how we think. But sometimes that will come out, and if there's something that 
you're hearing on the, you know, a business leader, business user, if you're hearing something and it's like, I'm not, t- do a timeout, man. Yeah. Just so let's go on. and go, hey, okay, back up a little bit. So what did you mean by that? And then, and then that resets you as the IT person going, oh yeah, I got off on a tangent. I, I apologize. Which we tend to do. Which we do. We, t- we, we can completely talk a different language. And then all of a sudden Absolutely. we're talking SQL and this, you know, networking and TCP, IP, you could say, I mean, we can go down the list of things, VPNs, and people are like, what does this mean? It's like, there's a lot of acronyms, there's a lot of things. So we get stuck in, if you don't know, that's a good idea. And I would, I appreciate that one. Um, All right, perfect. I like that. So tell me, we did talk a little bit about your current uh, position consulting right now with the company. Can you tell me a little bit more about the lasers that you're working on? Sure. So the what the, what the company's about is... They have two devices, but one of the devices is basically a laser that helps muscle wounds, in particular deep muscle wounds, um, to heal. Yeah. And so the device is being used by the NHL, NCAA football, just various organizations out there. and More prominent athletes, I've heard. More, yeah, more yeah. prominent athletes. I'm not going to say any, but yeah. Just, yeah, more prominent athletes. But... Again, it, it, it's something that helps those elite athletes to recover right. fairly quick. And uh, I always find that stuff interesting because the different information that comes, the data that is possibly available just intrigues. That is, well, yeah, I think that's, once again, you're running in probably into a, another rabbit hole of what a business may not understand what they could do. Exactly. I love the way you, you, you framed it is that, you know, to use it in a sales benefit or to use it in other realms that you can use that data to show, is it helping? How is it helping? Yes. You can use IT to a benefit. Exactly. But yes. once again, they just don't know until they don't know. Well, and again, there's, there's proof in the pudding, right? It's one form to have the mouth that talks tech and blah, 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 but it's a whole nother thing to prove that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where, again, getting back to what we were just talking about and discussing things with business users and business leaders and saying, hey, let's just do a proof of concept, possibly. Yeah. Let's just take a look, not going to cost hardly anything. Let's just do this real quick, take a look at it and see if the name, if only this makes sense to you. It makes sense. I mean, that's, it really doesn't take too long. It doesn't. I've seen some some people uh, take spreadsheets, dump them into, uh, I don't know, pivot tables and BI reports, and all of a sudden they're seeing why X costs this and how much they bought here, and they're losing money here, and like, oh, man. It's just take the time to actually think about or talk to someone. Mm-hmm. And I think my opinion is that sometimes when you just hire a guy off the street, maybe a, a, ch- a cheaper, younger version, <laughs> you, they don't have the foresight to really – see the bigger picture right if you're not able to see all the tools and all the systems you have your your erp or your your big enterprise system um you have your quickbooks you have your whatever your system is tied together how do your servers function here how do your computers tie in here how's your security function not to see it and, and you don't have someone that can see that you're kind of putting yourself in a little bit of a hole if you're not doing it right or hiring or subsidizing that cio role you know Absolutely true. And to key off that, Brandon, I think it's really important that 
One of the things that I've always done in the past, and, and I'm not the only one, a lot of IT leaders have done this in the past. It's like with staff and particularly younger staff, understand the process. Yeah. Understand the process, understand why the process is the way that it is. You can't, you can't fix what you don't understand. And so, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but it's, but to the point of, of being efficient, showing what IT can do, you have to understand that. I believe you have to understand that process. Yeah. And once you understand that process, then you can break it so that you might take it from beginning to end, and that's fine. But I want you, as, as a young staff member that's coming into IT, I want you to look at this piece of the process. I want you to understand it, and then let's step, let's step through this so that you have an understanding of what's going on. That's proper training. It is. It really, it really, I mean, that's... But to, but to your point about trying to bring somebody green yeah, into it. Number one, it's not fair to them. Well, that's why I, I like to hire apprentices. Right, because it takes time. I mean, you probably don't hit your stride and understand the languages. And this this comes to any realm. Oh, yeah. you, know, you could talk anywhere in here. Um, you can really talk about that. And it, it really would be helpful. It, it takes time. So yes. get, getting them to learn one section, right? They're learning device management, and then they're learning Active Directory, and then they're learning networking. And it takes time to learn each one to understand the whole the bigger picture. So when you hire these young guys that maybe been in a couple of years, they still haven't seen how the enterprise, you know, Absolutely enterprise type style systems run. And so therefore, when you're doing mergers and acquisitions, you don't know where to start. <laughs> no. And so, so I do, I, I constantly run into people. I'm like, well, we had a company that tried to help migrate us to Azure or do something along those lines. Like we wanted to go in the cloud and it, it failed. And I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like sucks to me. But like, yeah. it, it, but there is something to be said about, we don't know everything. Oh, absolutely not. But if you do your research, talk to the right people, uh, we've learned a lot. I can tell you that, but I would call ourselves and why I love this job is we're professional problem solvers. Yes, we are. I, that's, that's my personal opinion, but I, I would say that we're ability. So to think outside the box, at least me, you, um, other people like that is to think outside the normal box and go, well, I can hire another consultant. I'm not, not, I'm not just saying go out there, but you can also go somewhere, have someone talk to more people. Um, Network out there and see what you can get if you have a certain problem, or do your research. But well, you you can, and I, I think uh, you know getting back to the younger individuals is advice wise to me. One, and I've learned this throughout the years. Is that Go like that. Google? <laughs> well, yes. I, I, I didn't ever want to be a Google tech, but the 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 important aspect of you you mentioned is you know, professional problem solvers. Yeah. But it's also understanding, and it's something as simple as beginning with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. What is it that, tell me where you want to go so I can work back to build the plan to get you there. It's funny you say that. It's... Because the one of the biggest problems, and you run into this all the time, I want this, what you would call it, to do this wigamajig, and that's all I want. And then you're going like, okay, what's the, what's the wigamajig? Well, we need that to do that. Okay, so then what are you going to do with that? So I always try to strive and say, okay, define what it is you want. I completely agree. I would say that the way that we phrase it, and it's been like a huge part of our my culture, is define the business problem you're trying to solve first. Exactly. 
Otherwise, you're saying, well, I want it to turn red. No, I want it to turn green. Why? Why do you want it to turn red? Well, I need it to match this. I need to do this. Like, defining it and understanding why also helps me realize that there's 20 different ways to get there, and I'm trying to get you there the most efficient way and actually meet all the needs, not just one. That's exactly right. There is no offense or thoughts about it, but that that sometimes, you know, that's a wrangling issue at times. Sometimes it's the... uh, virtual jump on the back, tack them to the ground and go, hey, Damn. come on. You know in your head, let, let me help you get it out so we truly understand. And we'll begin with the end in mind. What is it we're trying to do? I think the interesting piece is I run into some businesses where they just don't even know what the end looks like. Yeah. So you're trying to help, the, help them. Do you want it to do this? Do you want it to do this? How about this? What color do you want it to be? How purple do you want? And then, then they're like, oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> and then you're like, good. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. So Yeah, and, to, and also being able to step back when you see the glaze come on the ice. Yeah. That's a huge one because there there's a there's a whole temperament there that you need to be able to understand whether you call them your client, your customer, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, to me, I'm helping this person out. This is what we're going to do. But too many times I've been sitting across like we are, and I see the eyes glaze. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, i tell you what, let's call it a day. I'll come back tomorrow. Nine times out of ten that next day you're going to sit down with them, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, this is what I want, and this is what. Because they've had time to stew it, stew it in their brain. Process it. Process all of that. And then they can come back, and they're going like, yeah, that's what I want. But, but I think one of the faults of our group can be is the fact that we push. Or, or try and solve too fast. Right? We're, we're that most, most IT people are people pleasers. You want to. They, they want to be the superhero. I think they call it superhero syndrome. Yeah. And so sometimes just sitting back, listening, and making sure you understand the right questions. Absolutely. So this is more, I guess, advice to IT people or even business people out there to say, Sometimes just sit back and make sure you're communicating correctly. But there's a lot of times where we talk to people and they're like, I didn't even know I could do that. So then they have to go home. They have to think about it. They need to sit there and mull it over and go, okay, I think I wanted to do this now. Either they just feel, if he, they get so overwhelmed. <laughs> I don't know what, and, and, and so sometimes I really like to sit with, I recommend this. And if they don't, then they can give them the other options. So, yeah, it, it, it's, I feel like sometimes when there's too many options, people are just like, oh, man. Well, it's overwhelming because then they're afraid to decision because. 100% true. So, 100% true. And, and again, that's why, it's, to me, it's just so unbelievably valuable, not only to begin with the end in mind, but then also doing that helps you understand the business and say, okay, here's three options. This will take you this way. This will take you this way. And this will take you this way. Which one of those might be the best well, one? You know, you know there, there's something, I guess, that kind of sparked when you said that is I've had a many, many people, organizations, whatever you want to call it, that have invested in large migrations, moves, systems moves, things like that. They've cost millions, right? And a lot of time it's not the IT people. It's the owner that gets sold by X company. That says, oh, yeah, we can do all the things you want. Yes. What I would beg of you is just to talk to your tech people <laughs> a bit more or even consult a few times before you spend that million. Spend 10 grand first. Make sure that you know someone's an expert in that system 
because you could save yourself a lot of heartache and time because I, I'm, we're, there is a company we, we've helped that tried to migrate their business, like their primary business application from a very old version of Dynamics, right? And they, they moved, they, they attempted to move to, I think, NetSuite or something like that. And it, it didn't work, <laughs> right? And put it nicely. And it's sad. Like, I, I feel horrible. Like, I wish it would work for them. They spent a lot of money. But there was this whole thing of uh, moving to the newer Dynamics in the cloud and supporting, which is still not an easy move. No. But they had to backtrack and actually do that, even though it was recommended. It's just a matter of who's sold. Who in there, in that chain that's paying for it, that goes, oh, man, we're going to back out of this and go back to what we originally were going to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's the shiny object, right? Well, um, even talking to another customer, you know, another another one of our partners recently, and they're, they're going, man, the leaders just came back from a retreat, and they said they want to move to Teams now. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's a little, a little bit bigger plan than that, right? Well, it is, and I think a lot of it, having gone through those system migrations myself, even doing on the consulting side, mm-hmm. one, uh, it, it's it's one thing to have the, uh, the bright, shiny new object, right? It's like, okay... NetSuite or what? It doesn't matter what it is, right? right? This system, this system, this. The key piece to that is who's the project manager on your side, right? Do they truly understand data migration? Do they understand data cleansing? Probably not. Right? And so in, in my time where I see the failures really happen is the is not truly understanding what has to happen to your current data to get it into the system. And it just is a failure because if what's this, it's more, I, I think it can also be more than that. I, I don't think it's the, the data center. It's also understanding the B2C or, you know, B2B or B2C, meaning business to client or business to business. How do you have your, because you also have to have user logins and all the HIPAA comp. I mean, there's a lot of different things you need to like, absolutely. make sure when you do a migration or a merger that you have all the information you hire the right people because that is not an easy feat. You need to, you need to understand how the users are going to function, what's the permissions. It's like blending two countries. Like, oh, how do we do the laws now? Like, it's 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 insane. So that's a whole different animal. Absolutely. Sure. All right. Well, I appreciate you on here. I, I I do want to ask you one last question. Sure. What are your future aspirations? For myself, I really want to, and it it keys off of what we had talked about earlier. But my my goal is. It, it, I've never strayed. It's, IT could be a strategic partner for an organization. And I continue to work hard and I want to be part of an organization, always part of an organization where I can help make that true. Right. That's what I, to me, I don't like the, I use the, you know, before the phrase us and them, I don't like that. I don't like, it's like, well, those guys do this. No. We're all here to help. We're all here on one team. We want to make sure we can be as as efficient as we possibly can to help the bottom line no matter what needs to get done. And IT can be really, really good at that. It can make you a lot of money. Make you a lot of money. And I I just believe in that so strongly that, because it's, you know, from my early days to where I am now, it's... There's always been that ambiguity where, again, I, what, yeah, they do what, I don't know. They close the door and they do fix it. And the old analogy that, that was built upon that was 
of course, back in the day when assistants came up, they were mostly financial, right? Because yes. that's where it all started. And so I always heard this phrase from users years ago was the fact that, yeah, you guys sit up there on the pillar. You guys are at the end of the steps. And we have to crawl, and then we have to crawl on our hands and knees and scratch at the door just to get a report. Yeah. That that whole persona and in that perception of IT is something that I've never liked and I never will. And I just want to always make sure that IT is not only at the table, but they can contribute. I agree. IT's a benefit. IT is definitely a benefit. I like it. I really appreciate your time on here. Um, hope to have you back. See where you t- see where you grow. See where you see where you uh, you know grow into and, and become a part of. Absolutely, be more than happy. Really enjoyed it. Perfect. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for coming on. You got very good. Everyone, don't forget to subscribe, like, and do all the you know thingies that help us out. <laughs> have a good one.